The contents of our show have many references to alcohol and drinking. We want to acknowledge our friends in recovery and let them know we love you and support you. If you or someone you know is a person with substance use disorder, you can call 1-800-662-HELP. Sitters here, taxis not far, meet you at the closest bar. No toddler cries until sunrise, slowly sip that whiskey ride. Gather parents far and near, it's time to hit that bottle of beer. All right, well, let's take another shot. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm sorry, I'm only laughing. No. Because Sarah's, Sarah's face was like, I saw it in her eyes before she even said anything. She's just like, mm. and I'm like, oh, fuck. You're not recording, are you? <laughs> it's not funny, but it's funny. So, it's okay. uh, yeah. We adjust, no. right? We adjust. We adjust. We, we adjust. adjust. Uh, as you, as everyone uh, listening can hear right now, um, as uh, as Alicia just let you know, I uh, forgot. No, we're recording now. We are recording. Um, so we just had the most incredible conversation that you will never get to hear, but we're going to recap it for you uh, with uh, Hannah and Kelty of Upbringing. And um, they're on here live. And yeah, I feel uh, I feel great about about that mishap. And, you know. Yeah. Let's uh, talk a little bit about Hannah and Kelty. Yes, please. We're, we're so happy to be here again. <laughs> But really, this is this has been wonderful. I feel like we're properly warmed up and and connected with you all now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and nothing lost, right? Never. Right. Yeah. Hard stuff's the good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We like to introduce ourselves as twins, moms, speakers, coaches, works in progress, Tired ladies. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. All of the things uh, which you can all probably attest to. Um, we, uh, yeah, upbringing is about two years old and it is a movement to show up and grow up alongside our kids, especially through the hardest moments like discipline, big feelings, challenging behaviors, all of the things where we instinctually use control that doesn't necessarily support our kids or us or our relationship or greater social change in the best way. And so, and all of the things that we instinctually want to not talk about, sweep under the rug, cry about in the shower, Uh scream about hello. Um, we like hit to the bottle <laughs> um, and your podcast and our videos. And we just like talking about the hard stuff and trying to um, convince ourselves and everyone why it's the good stuff, why everything that our kids are doing that is driving us absolutely bonkers is an opportunity for growth for them and for us. Right. And we are such right. fans of you both and mm-hmm. love hitting the bottle already. And we want to share it with our community. Um, we love also the intersection which I want to bring up again because I I had this moment realization where I realized, wait a second, parenting, drinking, they they really intersect and align so much just even in the words, Mm -hmm. hard, bitter, twisted, dirty, (laughs) Dirty. um, (laughs) on the rocks, muddled, (laughs) hopping, fruity, hangover, bubbly, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It conjures up uh, quite a few... um, Connections. Connections and, and warm memories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We each have two kids. Uh, two, we each have a boy who's about four and a, and a daughter who's about six. Yeah. That. That's so cool. That's so cool that they're so close. I mean, that – Down that way. That. Yeah, that's – You said you, you planned it that way? 
Oh, you planned it that way? Well, we we tried to get pregnant sorry. at the exact same time, and the universe was like, "You cannot both be pregnant at the same time." So Hannah was pregnant, and the day her water broke, I found out I was pregnant. Oh, like, oh my god! That's, well, that's, that's amazing, so crazy. The, the day you find out you're pregnant, you want to go like buy a cute onesie and yeah. like have a donut or something. And I had to watch my twin sister push a baby out. So, <laughs> <laughs> to work today? You're yeah. like, oh, wait, can I take that back? Do yeah. I really? <laughs> could right. I not have found this out tomorrow? Right. <laughs> can you just hold it in? Just, just hold it in. <laughs> it's too real. It also reminds me a little bit of like, uh-oh, like stealing the thunder. I always think of uh, Friends. Mm. When they're like, <laughs> anyway, um, when people bring up Seinfeld too. We're like, mm. Mm. <laughs> I just don't really remember it that well. But I, totally, <laughs> I, that vibe, I was like, okay, they hated that. I'm not gonna. I won't. I won't expand. No, on I, it. I wanted to know. Like, I get the stealing the thunder thing where it's like, this is my day. I'm. I found out that I'm gonna have a baby, man. I right. just is it, not is it like have Joey, one yourself. Joey got us. It's like, uh, uh, it's like, but well, it's, uh, Rachel and Monica. So Monica's wedding, Rachel finds out she's pregnant oh, and it's always, it's always like Rachel stealing Monica's thunder and Monica gets mad about it. Cause Monica needs, she's a control freak. So she's like, I need to have, yeah. um, all her narcissist. She's just type a okay. type yeah. a very type a like the type yeah. a. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is good. Sure. Like Elsie uh, wasn't. So our relationship has survived and yeah. thrived since <laughs> that. <laughs> Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, you well, figure out uh, which friend's character you are, you know, in the exactly. I actually don't know if I am any friend's character. I think I'm, I'm like a mix it. of all of them. I got a little Chandler in me with the. Yeah, I feel like I might be Chandler, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Lately, I feel just like a barista, just constantly serving people food and drinks. <laughs> I was just going to say, speaking of, since we already took a shot, and I absolutely need a second because I feel. Uh, <laughs> I just need another one. Uh, in honor of tonight's topic and episodes and, and having uh, Hannah and Kelsey here and, and parenting in a pandemic, our beverage, we kept it simple since everything else is a little bit messy. And uh, so grab yourself a shot glass, pick your poison, shoot it, and, you know, grab a chaser if you need to. And if you don't, we're, we're proud and welcome to the community. <laughs> Let this conversation be your chaser. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes. yes. Smooth. Yep. Yeah. It's going to go down easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're going to try to make it easy for you to handle all these tough situations. Yes, yes, well, yes. Well, Hannah and Kelsey, yes. we, will, we will just drink and listen. <laughs> well, well, we'll back them up. And yeah. What do you all want to talk about? Well, I – Wait, I, I would love to recap on something that we already discussed, but um, just to give them a recap, and then we can maybe move into new things. But um, the the little part that we talked about being with family and um, sort of yeah, di- not dis- well disciplining, but you know, connecting and and teaching your children uh, when there are other people who are also putting their input in and trying to teach at the same time. Like uh, obviously, we're in a pandemic, and a lot of people aren't. Uh, you know, going to big parties or going to see family, but some people are stuck with specific family members um, for mm-hmm. for a while. And, and, you know, it might be even more stressful on top of, you know, parenting to have other people parenting your children for you. So um, I kind of loved what you guys had to say about that before we move into new stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, man. I mean, I think that 
oftentimes we roll into the holidays, we're traveling, we're spending time with family. And it's like, we're already being judged so hardcore. Like on the plane, they're like, dude, you're, you know, carry on is so big or, oh, you're eating that. I can smell it. Like clearly we're already very self-conscious, even just traveling alone, let alone having a toddler with us doing God knows what a toddler needs to do to regulate their nervous systems. And then we get to our family and our family is like already, you know, we, we love them and they love us, but it's like, Hey, so your hair looks different. Mm. Oh my gosh. How's how's that work thing going? Do you want to tell me about that work thing? Like there's so much judgment already. And then bring a child into it and it's like judgment city. It takes it to this next level. It really is. It's so hard not to take that stuff personally and feel really self-conscious about our our kids being somehow this representation of us. And that's how a lot of people treat kids, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you feel those looks from Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll say this example again, but being on the, being on the plane, it was, uh, people in front of us, you know, Owen, as you mentioned, like kind of letting things out, we're sitting in a plane for four hours and and we, we had a, we had to stop and get on a new plane. So we have four hours to Charlotte and Owen doesn't sleep and he's got a lot of energy and he's just all over the place and he's tapping on the, you know, tapping on the, what do you call that thing? Tray, tray table right? tray thank you the tape tray table and uh the people you know the two people in front of us both looked turned around i think they were a couple and you know he was backing her up and they turned around and you know gave some looks and were like you know stop messing with us yeah the dagger eyes and and you know that was a moment for me to go to owen okay um you know uh you know okay they you know hey they don't really love that feeling that's happening right now and and can you please stop <laughs> But it's more, you know, on him, it's more on me. I, I'm feeling the, the stress of it. He's just trying to be three. And um, I will also mention that the four-hour flight, we end. And as soon as we land, I'm talking, we hit the ground and we're pulling in. He passes out. Doesn't sleep at all the entire time. But he sleeps as soon as we landed and had to get off the plane and get on a new one. But that's just a fun Oh, I had to wake him up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then he and then he was up the whole next flight, uh, screaming. And when we got off the plane, this is the other thing. We got off the plane, that second plane, the uh the flight attendant was like, Oh, somebody was making a lot of noise. And I was like, <gasps> what? Mm-hmm. Oh, Get out of here. Of that woman. I honestly don't know if I'm more offended by comments like that or comments like and this is because I have sensitive spirited kids, and so I've had to do a mental turnaround about people's feedback. But sometimes I'll get a comment like, she was so good. Mm. And it makes me want to be like, only because she wanted to right now. Sometimes she doesn't want to be good. Yes. Right. And it's just, and it, no matter what people say, I'm like, seriously, like emotionally want to punch them in the face I for just you. judging yes. my kid and their experience. Yes. Sure. It's really hard to feel that sense of judgment from people, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I that what you just said, I feel that so much with Owen because he's generally, he makes I like to go, instead of calling him good or bad, I like to say he makes good decisions most of the time. But a lot of the time, and I'm a single mom, so there's a lot, you know, I don't have a lot of other support. So it's me and him all the time. A lot of the time he does things that are hard and insane to me and I don't know how to, you know, handle it. And so when people are like, he's so great, I'm like, yeah, okay. Today, right now. <laughs> right. I'll well, take it. They might be seeing like a little a little splash of that and you don't know if the mom inside just struggled for 20 minutes like exactly you know and they're like oh you're so good well thank you I guess um but no okay bye (laughs) you know like I you don't it's so hard to to figure out what to say to people and I know that it's it's a very sensitive topic especially to 
to comment on, on, on people's children, um, which I think is also a really good conversation to have, right? Instead to, to figure out like what is, I don't want to say do's and don'ts, but definitely be, just be gentle. Just be gentle. To yeah, people, or just yeah. Or just don't. Or just don't. Exactly. Or yeah. just don't. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and I think the, the Louis C.K. quote, the comedian, he was like, yeah. somebody came to me on the plane and was like, your kid, this and that. And he said, this has been 15 minutes for you. This is my whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Whole life. But seriously, yes. it, it, it denotes that idea that like what people think and what people feel has nothing to do with us and nothing right. to do with our kid. They're just being triggered and having their own internal selfish egotistical experience right. where they remember yelling at their kid when they did that. They remember being yelled at as a kid doing exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. attendant maybe feels like she was stressed a lot of the time because she has to deal with people like the people who were in front of you who give ass space when they right. aren't feeling uncomfortable, <laughs> right. like normal human life. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like all of that stuff she's projecting on you. And that's why I just like smile and nod and keep walking. And, just and like, I yeah. did. I did. I, I honestly wanted to be like, you know what? He can sing louder if you want him to, but there were a lot, there was a line of people behind us. So yeah, just be, just, just don't, just don't feel like yeah. you need to say something to a mom. Unless don't. it can help you. <laughs> Unless don't. it's a good job. Then yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That could be a PSA to all of our parents and in-laws too. It's so hard enduring their criticisms, their little side glances, their little like, mm-hmm. well, if you're going to do it that way or, exactly. or, or them stepping in and just doing things their way without any consideration of, of um, what your approach is and what you're trying yeah. to work and, yeah. and that you're standing right there too and probably have it basically under control and not really looking or asking for their input or help yep. or any of those things. Oh. I feel like we all struggle in some capacity. Happy holidays, everyone. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, was, I actually, I wrote down something about that today. Cause I, um, one of the episodes that we were talking about was mom guilt. And mm-hmm. um I was, I was writing something about how when I was a new mom, I felt so alone, even though there was like a hundred people around, I felt so alone because I, I could like feel, I could feel looks and, and, um, people questioning me. I was like a new mom. They didn't know me very long. It was, it can be so heavy to, to feel the weight of other people's opinions when really mm-hmm. I just, all I wanted was for somebody to say, you're doing great. Um, I would love to help you. You know, something that Sarah and I talked about recently was when you say to somebody, let me know if you need any help, you're putting that weight on them. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, let me know if you need anything instead, this is, I mean, this is something within my own head. This I'm not trying to give advice, but um, what I would really like about uh, as me as a parent or, or a person is for somebody to, instead of being like, let me know if you need any help or, oh, you're so sick. Let me know if I can bring you anything. Okay. Well now I'm sitting here thinking like, oh, should I let them know or I, I feel like the weight is on me. So something I've been trying to practice is just offer to do something or, or maybe don't say anything or just say you're doing a great job. But the advice and the, and, and let me know if tell I can Tell me do what anything. I can do for you. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't really work. Cause let me tell you 10 times out of 10, I'm probably never going to reach out to you to let me, let you know if you can do anything. Cause it makes me feel then again, like a burden. Oh, yes. This is a I whole... mean, you're, you're calling on so many cultural kind of um, systemic issues that Mm -hmm. we're facing as parents, which we used to have this tribal collective mentality where you didn't have to lean on people because they were already there in your community doing the job, taking the baby, doing the things. And and since the nuclear family happened, right, now it's every person for himself, every little home for themselves. It's this more individualistic kind of framework for families. And it's put parents in this really tricky, um, expectation game and mindset game thinking that, oh, I have to know all the things. I got to do all the things. 
and it's it's created an insecurity and this kind of this feeling of like otherness i think yeah. i also want to explore why is it so hard for us to ask for help oh, mm-hmm. and i and not to pathologize this but i really believe that it's because of how we were treated when we were younger even mm-hmm. with the best intentions from our parents right we had needs and we weren't always comfortable expressing those needs based on the way they came out anger right. tears frustration tantrums um they're all needs. Those are all expressions of stress and needs. And when those got shut down because it was not behavior someone wanted to see, that was reinforced to us that we should not be asking for the things we need from right. the people closest to us. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's those are the cycles we're trying to break. I know I got right. a little heavy there. But <laughs> no, I'm actually sitting here going, I I'm 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 my whole like I, everything's playing back to me. And, and and again, like not to say uh that our parents didn't do the right thing. They did it the way they thought that they should and they were they had our best intentions in mind. But I think about um man, I really like I had this, this respect your elders, respect your elders. So, you know, you know, uh, be very proper and ask questions and, you know, you can't, you can't just speak your mind. And, you know, that's how I was raised. And I don't feel like I'm that person. I've never felt like that person. So I felt a little bit trapped in my body. Um, but those are things that when I'm, you know, when I'm with Owen and, and trying to, to teach him and raise him, they're still there. They're still there. Um, I'm fighting like hell though. I'm fighting like hell to not, to not bring those into his life because I don't think that they will benefit him in any way. But, but so, oh my God, so much of that, so much of that. But it's hard. It's that inner voice we talk about so much that says, wow, what we heard, respect your elders, whether or not we believe it and, and want to believe it as adults, it's still pre-programmed into mm-hmm. us it's still mm-hmm. in our neural circuitry. It's, it's created some really deep grooves that we're having to put something else into. But then beyond just what we've been programmed as kids, the idea of respect your elders is basically this, this more systemic belief of respect the person in power above exactly. you. Exactly. So it's in businesses, it's in schools, it's mm-hmm. in it's, it's, it's pervasive in our society. Yes. And that says respect your elders is saying feedback only goes one way. It goes down, right? Yes, respect yes. goes one way. It goes up, right? Mm-hmm. This is how power is maintained. That's why we have these beliefs is because that's how you keep someone in power is you, you make them respect you, right? Mm-hmm. right. That's the idea behind it. And so I think that's been helping Kelty and me a lot as we've been on our, our journey here at upbringing is realizing, wait a second, let's bust out of this parenting paradigm and realize there's so many kind of uh, intersections and connections between parenting and organizational psychology and um, feminism, feminism, yes. religion, yeah. all these other institutions that are based in this hierarchy that is really just serving the people at the top. And when we think about it in the homes, we feel often like the underdog. We feel often like the child because we're living in our child selves and trying to meet our needs as adults, yeah. but really we're that person in power. And you spoke to that sort of dissonance. You're like, I never felt that. I don't feel, I feel out of my body. Like I'm right. not, and it's, it's basically that kind of imposter syndrome. All of us have to a degree because we were forced to conform to an external standard that didn't 100%. Meet what, we and what we needed. Mm-hmm, so we're right. basically walking around being like, I don't know what's the real me. Where's the real me? What am I entitled to again? What do I need again? What do I like again? Mm-hmm. I'm used to looking outside myself for all the answers. And now I'm having to dig pretty fucking deep, yep. raising another human. And that's that's the practice. That's the that's the tough part, right? Is getting clear on who am I and what I need, what do I need? And how can I be extending that same respect to this other person who I'm 
helping grow. Right. I mean, it's so insane just having this conversation. I keep having epiphanies. I have epiphanies often while raising him, but what you're saying is is resonating so much because I feel so much more who I I feel so much more confident in the person I am now after having a child. Uh it's like he he's raising me because I I didn't know who I was for so long and I was I've been trying to figure I'm 35. I've been trying to figure it out for 30, you know, 35 years. And I think about how much I've learned in the way that I'm I'm wishing I don't want to say that I'm wishing I was raised because that's I don't think that's fair, but I think uh, a better way to say that would be uh, I wish I knew these tools as I was growing up mm-hmm. so that I could have learned more about myself. Um, and man, raising a kid really brings that out and it's kind of incredible. It's it's oh. extremely incredible. Yeah, which that's is what beautiful. we were kind of like touching on before. <laughs> before so we're going to circle back to that little conversation real quick but that's that's what we were kind of touching on before right is that um our, our we need to give grace to our parents and our grandparents and Absolutely. and all of that and, and maybe not give grace but definitely not shame or um or hold any grudge against because growing up in 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 that kind of um time in life there wasn't much recognition about systemic problems um that's kind of the grace of this is that we are learning how to break down these systemic issues and, and find a new way to, to parent, not a new way, but a, a gentler way and um, a more approachable way and understanding, feeling and, and acknowledging emotions. And um, yeah. so as we were kind of saying before is that, you know, we're not, we're like little, we're trying to be little revolutionaries. <laughs> Yes, I know. Well, I think that I think that parenting in this new way can be both an act of rebellion and an act of forgiveness right. to ourselves, right. to our parents, to our ancestors. It can be all those things at the same time, yeah. mm-hmm. right? We've been uh, we talked about it in our in our earlier conversation. <laughs> as we became parents, we were given this toolbox, this control right. toolbox, and yeah. and it you know we were like, here you go, all of these inherited legacies of control, this cultural conditioning that says consequences on my terms yeah. now threats rewards overpower lectures yep. spanking timeouts mm-hmm. all the when my when my kid doesn't conform to the external standards is and, and I want to try to socialize them as my primary goal these are the things I default to right, right. and mm-hmm. what's so amazing is there's so much research out there now that says we don't have to be doing those things yeah. those are not as ideal right <clears throat> and, and there are other ways yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited but, to dive into any questions. I know. Yeah. Let's definitely get into some questions. Um, yeah. I think that just tying that all up. Um, yeah. You know, we, we are given the chance right now and, and it's never too late. I think that, you know, a, a great episode that Hannah and Kelty have is about it not being too late, that you can still start this new approach to parenting. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, maybe I've done too much damage already or, yeah. or, or mm-hmm. however you might feel or, or I've done timeouts before or whatever it is or, or bargaining, things like that, um, it's not too late. It's actually a really beautiful process, as I can attest to throughout this entire pandemic, altering, um, reshaping, redirecting. My parenting has been nothing but beneficial. So um, with that, I'm just going to throw out one of the questions that we received was, prioritizing mm-hmm. mental health or kids learning are they learning enough or are they socializing enough and in this question I feel like it's prioritizing the kids mental health versus the kids um, learning schooling 
<clears throat> oh man, that is such a, uh, I, that is the question I feel like of this pandemic era, because I think most of us, uh, we don't, we can't even imagine what it's going to be like supporting our kids learning when they're in middle school, high school. Like in my mind, I was like, Oh, I don't have to worry about that for like 10 years, you know? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there are all of these parents who now all of a sudden have to support the kids learning and become this kind of educational proxy, Right. For their kids who are kindergartners, first mm-hmm. graders in, mm-hmm. in grade school now, and and that has pushed uh, a, a lot of folks and stressed a lot of families, and that's so natural. And so I love Alicia that you talk about we got to give grace. There's no shame or blame here. All of these things that we're bringing up, we're wanting to grow through. We're showing up and growing up. So um, I love that you brought that up. But I think that when you talk about prioritizing mental health and learning, like the only way learning can happen is if mental health is positive. Right. So kids can't learn, adults can't learn if if they're they're not feeling good, if their brains aren't in a receptive, calm, open place, right? Mm-hmm. So they are they're not mutually exclusive. They literally must happen together to make right. learning happen. And then I think the next thing that I naturally think of is just what learning means. And I think we're all programmed to think that learning means um, you know, being um, informally taught formal education. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Kel. Yeah. And so, you know, but we forget, wow, before our kids have gone into kindergarten or first grade, what were they doing for four years? They were learning right. and think about what they were actually learning to do outside an institution. They were learning to walk like, holy shit, that is amazing. <laughs> they were learning the to- English language. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Yeah. I- like, oh my God, were we giving them like PowerPoints and having them sit down all day to learn English? No, we, we were just modeling it, right? right? They learned right. how to eat and feed themselves right. and dress themselves. Did we give them notebooks on how to do that worksheets. and worksheets? No, they literally learned it by doing it and by watching other people do it. That's how people learn. Yeah. So it, all the research shows that the way people learn is by watching and doing. They right. do not learn by traditional academics. And so we could go on like a very mm-hmm. kind of unschooling, radical tangent, um, tangent. Yeah. And, and something that we're grappling with. We're not like radical unschoolers, but we are grappling with all of this, this dissonance around, oh, I thought I, I love public education. I was educated publicly. Right. I believe school system. I believe in the populations it serves. Or I bought on and I'm paying monthly for my child to attend this school, even virtually. Right. Mm-hmm. I got to make it count or I yeah. don't work. Yeah. I mean, occupied somehow. Yes. How, do we, how do we reconcile this? But I think we keep thinking of this education as this big thing we put on the child and we have to keep remembering that our child is the power source. Our child is the magic and they will be searching out and doing what they need to to learn how to to, to work in the world. It doesn't have to be externally programmed into them, it's actually internally um, driven driven when it's ideal. Um, And we've also, we've had a couple really great conversations on our live Q and A's with unschoolers and researchers Mm -hmm. about this. Um, Even Tina Payne Bryson, who wrote The Whole Brain Child, No Drama Discipline and The Yes Brain. Brain Yeah, I have. Oh yeah. We had to, those are great books. Yes. We've heard her interviewed on a handful of podcasts Mm -hmm. about COVID school stuff. And she really recommends taking the pressure off when we can, doing an hour a day, if that's okay, contacting your teacher, like we did with our kids as well, to right. be like, what minimum I can do here? Right. Or, or saying, okay, kid, so I'm working from these hours and I need you to either be diving into the school stuff or trying to hang on your own stuff or being with the nanny and your sibling right. or being outside and playing and, and just saying human to human to your child, what works? What's going to work? How can we make this work? 
and making it a conversation that can be slowly evolving, pivoting, calibrating based on how everyone's doing as opposed to a prescriptive um, kind of system. One size fits all system. Right. Well, I was just going to ask about unschooling. Like, can you just, just get, what exactly does that mean? I just want to make sure that, because I don't know that I'm exactly familiar with what unschooling is. So I'm just curious. Oh, just real quick. I mean, that's a great question. And I think it just, it, it intersects with the idea of self-directed learning. So if you Google self-directed learning, you can learn a lot. There are some organizations. It's, it's actually a really thriving community uh, of people from scientists to psychologists to all these folks who say, ah, oh, kids learn a certain way. People learn a certain way. Gosh, we need to maybe get out of that institutional model of education. Right. Mm-hmm. Actually, if we're able to, if we're privileged, can we be building this other model? Every kid actually, they believe, does better if the education and the, that, that motivation to learn comes from, from inside them, right? That's right. not being told and put into their mind and, and get kind of given this blanket, every, everyone gets the same treatment, everyone must learn, everyone must compete. Everyone learns the same way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The same thing, the same way, the same time, Mm-mm. right? It's, that's a very standardized, institutionalized model that doesn't necessarily work the best for kids' actual learning and for families. Yeah, right, and absolutely. I think we, we grew up with the idea of homeschooling being a kind of like, who is this uh, kind of seems like a lot of church type people. Oh my gosh, yes. Model, yes. Or yeah. we've seen some integrations from a homeschool um, environment to our high school and they seem a little bit antisocial. That seems like a stressor. Um, and I think there's a lot of stigma around that. And I think unschooling is basically saying homeschool even can be really an institutionalized setting. And unschooling is more about connecting to the child about what they want to do and how they want to do it. Right. right? It's okay. the system. And so unschooling could be like our, our daughters do up to an hour of online school a day. They do a half an hour thing where they if, say hi to their classmates. And then we're privileged enough to have in the last few weeks um, an, a, a former Montessori teacher come and hang out with all four of our kids. They can choose to be with her. They can choose to be doing stuff with her, or they can go read or lie on the bed or play in the backyard. Yeah. But for eight, seven months of the pandemic, they just did their own thing. And we had to believe in it. At times it was hard being like, she's just lying on her bed, listening to a story. Is that enough? Is that right, enough? Right. She's just, she's just, he's just playing with these blocks over and over and over again. Should I get him a new toy? Is he, does he know math yet? Oh dear God. Right. Like right. five and a half nine, doesn't he want to read? And then, but seeing this like beautiful transition for all of them, like, mm-hmm. I don't think that my son would have gotten into this sort of like tying knots, making pulleys, creating these inventions thing. If, mm-hmm. if we'd been schooling him on writing and putting mm-hmm. him in front of a screen and right. throwing him in stuff that he didn't choose. Because exactly. I don't like doing things that I didn't fucking choose. Right. 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 Oh my gosh. Right. No. I mean, I- sorry, go ahead. No, no, we're talking about the same. I, I was just going to say, I mean, all, all of all of schooling to me was just memorizing shit. And like, to be honest, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Let me do. Let me touch. Let me do. Let me let me make. Let me create. Let me. How much of this information has really been applied to my life? Not not much. I mean, I'm grateful for history, right? right. You, you want to be educated, and well, well, like real to be rewritten. Did you get the real history? <laughs> no, but... we need we need those rewritten. <laughs> yeah. um, I think those things are important. But I'm looking the, at you, Columbus. Sorry. Yeah. Well, there's. <laughs> There's a lot, but there's also, you know, a little in there. Sure. Yeah. 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 There's, there's many ways, like hands-on learning, hands-on learning for me is my favorite way of learning. It's always been my favorite way of learning. And, and um, so when you're talking about how um, you said earlier, um, learning versus education, I think is, 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 are the words that you used and, and 
that can travel so far and it's already kind of settled me in my the way that I'm you know and I, I don't have a kid in in school because you know she's three but I do um I'm trying to look for different ways to to teach her things throughout the day and Glennon Doyle recently said a great thing about that um if your kids are having a lot of screen time there's no such thing as screen time and you know what if they are then teach them how to use the remote okay so you're at volume 14 turn it up to volume 16 what was the difference <laughs> was that two right you know like you can find ways to um kind of interact and, and teach these life skills without a textbook and without in a life setting right yes, yeah. right and it, where it's more real it's tangible it's good it's yeah. it's uh it, you can grab it a little bit a little bit more and right. I and that's well, and it helps know. them build confidence I think that mm-hmm. the key word that I'm feeling right now that we're kind of swirling around is the word trust that our kids mm-hmm. choices are enough Right. right. That the way yeah. that they're choosing to learn in the way that they need to based on their nervous systems, their temperament, their development, their interest and personality, that's where they want to go. And they are the guide of how to learn and how to grow. And so I think it's, you know, it's such a, a flip in the programming we have as parents to say, we need to lead, we need to guide, we need to mold, we need to shape. And remembering, wait a second, oh my God, I need to be along for the ride with this child. I'm going to keep them safe. I'm going to give a lot of opportunities, like you said, Alicia, so that they have these these resources and these opportunities to choose what they're into. And then I'm going to support them in that, right? Right. And help them attune. And I think that's the the big kind of clincher that Kelty and I key in on a lot of upbringing is that, gosh, we want to be training our kids to know who they are, to know what they're interested in. We call it the inner wisdom and inner authority. That can help them move into the world with confidence and right. independence and, and awareness. You yeah. know, right. those, are, those are the skills that are going to help them move into the world no matter what's happening in the right. world. Right. Teaching yeah. them math and these pre- prescribed things from the past, that's the old world. We need to right. build, you know, mm-hmm. you're focusing on skills like life skills, yes. interpersonal skills. Yes. And that's why discipline is the thing Kelty and I love talking about most because it's teaching interpersonal skills to our kids. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, with that, I was, I was just kind of circling around in my head with, um, with like discipline, but also, um, it just left. I'm sorry. Well, I, <laughs> can, I, can I go back? I just, yeah. what we were just talking about, because I think what we were talking about was circling around, uh, the issue or non-issue or conversation surrounding screen time. Cause we, we touched yeah. on screen time, yeah, but I think that one of the, yeah, one of the big questions, mm-hmm. which I think we can just go into a little bit deeper is, uh, is it too much? When is too much? And, um, it, the, the conversation that, uh, Alicia was talking about with Glennon Doyle uh, is something that that her and I have talked about because it was like it's a pandemic and you know let them watch eight hours because you're in a pandemic and um, and I think that you know now that we're ten months into this people are you know it's it's hard it's a hard thing so uh, when we're talking about learning and education and then screen time and is that bad is you know what 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 should we be worried about I think it's a big conversation that people are are nervous about right now sure that yeah, also ties I, I, into a lot of mom guilt i just wanted to yes. tying yes. into a lot of yes. mom guilt there are past conversations yes. made me feel um like that right like if you're worried about if your kid's having education learning or um real-time learning and, and you're working and you're and you're trying to to be there and, and be as present as possible it, this is all just coming from this place of of mom guilt so maybe if we can 
negate the mom guilt, but then have tools, right, to, mm-hmm. to work through this. So th- these are the questions that were that were. Um, I think that's what Glennon is trying to do is to get rid of that mom guilt and give grace yeah. and be like, just do what you need to do, girl, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And I think, and, and we could say, and then, or, and also right. there's more to that conversation. It's not yeah. just full stop. Well, no more awareness no. building or <laughs> no. um, habit changing or anything. But when I start think with that. That's that fine middle, that middle way. I think that we talk about so much that takes so much fucking effort. It's right. so hard to say, I'm not going to go all rigid and crazy with the, the screen time. And I'm not going to go all permissive and just, you know, watch all day. Gosh, it takes a lot of mental energy. It takes a lot of clarity and awareness and communication to find that. Yeah. To find that middle way. Oh my God. Yes. And I think that the shame comes from this idea again, with that visible world that we were talking about where we have to be prescribed a certain amount of time. It's right and wrong. It's a binary kind of belief system around something we're doing as parents. So we either win or we lose. We succeed or we fail. We're, we're good, good parents or bad, bad parents, right? right? right. But Black and white. Mm-hmm. And right. And in some ways we're like searching for that because we're trained and conditioned to believe that, oh, there's a right answer. And oh, I don't know it. Someone else does, mm-hmm. right? We've all been conditioned through our formal education. Love you, formal education. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> it's been so great. Like, God, as good as it would feel conditioned as we are to say, okay, here's the exact right amount of screen time that would be for your your kids. And then you can just be putting the pressure on yourself and your child ultimately to adhere to that. Right. I think that the true answer is saying it is all about attunement. It is all about unique needs. Again, we're not paying attention to the amount of time, the behavior, the logistics. It's not the important question. We're going to the right. invisible world of feelings and needs and connection. And that is a little bit cloudy and that's what we need to be clarifying. So mm-hmm. I think Kelsey and I talk a lot about like screen time being, okay, generally we know it's not the best for our kids, but oftentimes if what we're doing is yelling instead or really struggling to clean up messes or, or they're with a shitty caregiver, right? Or, then, right. And everything is, is relative. So we have to be aware of what that ultimately means. But I think with that awareness too, we can think, okay, so when they're doing screen time, it's not inherently bad because it could be saving them from something else that's worse. Right. But what is it like undermining or what is it um, displacing Displacing as far as what they could be doing that would maybe be good for them? Mm-hmm. And how can we be balancing those things? Gosh, kids need to get outside. They need mm-hmm. to move their bodies. Mm-hmm. They need to be singing. They need to be dancing. They need to be exploring and just mm-hmm. playing independently. Is my kid getting enough of those things? And then when am I choosing the screen time? Can I be really kind of conscious and aware of when that is happening. And then maybe even create a routine around it that feels good for our family. So it it requires that we get our asses organized, right? Instead of asking for someone else to do the work on how much screen time our kids need, it requires us to do the work a little bit, right? Well, it's like set, it's, that, set that for yourself. Though, right, right. right. Like, yeah. I was just going to say, though, it's, it's interesting because it's like we are asking other people. It's almost kind of ties into the mom guilt for me because we're asking other people to give us a number so that we can feel guilty about it. We're asking other people to say, okay, five hours is too long. So then we can go, oh, my God, it's almost been five hours. And it's, it's right? Like there's this weird uh, need to put that pressure on yourself. Right. We're living disempowered. We need right. to empower ourselves by making the choices ourselves. And we can create those guideposts for our family that, mm-hmm. that aren't handed down to us by someone else. Here's too much. Here's too little. Here's where you're over the top. Here's where you're not giving enough or doing enough. Right. And I think that yeah. looking to the child is where we need to go again mm-hmm. with the education. Are they doing too much Zoom school? How's their mental health? What do we need to change up here? They're showing me through the meltdowns, through the resistance through the <clears throat> feeling distracted or avoiding, 
through all the things they're telling us in their child way, I'm not feeling good about this. Right. And I think that the same happens with screen time. I think kids can feel really good about it and then they feel really bad about it after because screen time changes your brain. It's an addictive substance. It's yeah. like sugar. It's yeah. like anything else. So we have to find that fine line and that division of responsibility of saying, okay, we're the ones in charge, but we aren't necessarily in control. We got to figure out what's going to feel good. Let's test it out. Let's be an experimenter. Let's try something out for a day, for a week. Let's bring our child into the kind of into the fold and say, so we're trying out this new TV thing. Gosh, screen time's so fun. Sometimes when we watch too much though, God, it's really hard to kind of transition and, and get our bodies moving again. Or have you like, ever had this feeling like it yeah. just makes, sometimes it makes my brain feel all crazy and I'm kind of like grumpy after because I just <laughs> like, what's going on in the world? Yeah. What's happening? So here's the idea we're going to do. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go, go, go. Oh, but here's the idea. So this is this plan. And we could be talking to a two-year-old about this, right? a three-year-old, a four-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old. I'm side by side with you. I'm not the screen time police. And that's what mm -hmm. Glennon Doyle is saying. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be between you and your screen time. I'm side by side with you helping understand what screen time is and build skills in self-awareness, in self-monitoring mm -hmm. around what feels good and what doesn't. And I'm going to help you do that, right? Yeah. And then to kind of like, I, I, I feel like I, I read something recently about just doing these like 10 minute breaks or 15 minute breaks every hour, or not every hour, I'm sorry, like every two hours, if you're working from home with your kids and, and you have a kid that is really paying attention to the screen time a lot. Um, and, and Sarah, you kind of touched on this too, a couple weeks ago with like being like, they're nagging at you. They're just being like, come here, come here, come here. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. And you're like, no, 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 I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. It's like, do I just get up and go and spend that five minutes without my phone, without my computer, undivided attention? And I want to just keep saying like, yes, just spend, take that 10 minutes because it's going to give you another hour and a half. Like just, I, I'm not trying to push advice to anybody, but I feel like there is a, there's definitely a, um, a benefit to, to just taking out those 10 minutes every so hour, right. whatever it is, right. just to like mm -hmm. sit there and be completely present. I mean, I, you know, I can, perfectly present. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfectly present. No phone, no distractions, um, being there and fill up their cup a little bit, right. Fill, mm -hmm. fill them up and then let them. Right. Because I think the alternative is, is, is to that. What I was saying was like, okay, you, it either takes me five minutes or 10 minutes to go sit and spend that time with them. Or it takes me an hour and a right. half to convince them that I can't spend that time with them. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yes. It's an investment, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a great um, point you bring up, Alicia, is that like, I think that our kids, uh, we're, we're focusing all this stuff on what's their screen time use look like? What are they doing with screen time? Why are they struggling so much with it? Uh, oh, yeah. they're such a pain in the ass. Right. And then realizing, oh my God, why do they care so much about screens? Oh yeah, because we don't have the time to spend with them because yeah. we're on our phones or our screens all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Monkey do, right? Yes, exactly. We can all afford 10 minutes. We can all afford 10 minutes yeah. every yeah. two hours. I think that that is, we owe it to our kids or well, whatever. Again, they're I, not actually, they're not getting connection when they're watching something. No. They're getting some relaxation and some escape and, and humans don't, don't live on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Right. Um, Screen-free parenting is a site we love and also common, sense, common media. sense media. Okay. So those are two sites that we'd recommend. Common sense media really talks about um, just reviews of movies, says general age recommendation, which I would oh, always cool. add one to two years for personally. <laughs> okay. okay. I've seen a few where I was like, black beauty is 
five and up. Are you Yeah, that black beauty's got some feelings in it. Right? Got some feelings. Well, and some we have sensitive kids who didn't watch screens for a long time. Yeah, so right. it, it all depends on your kids. Right. right? So I was at a, per, a couple of years personally. And then screen-free parenting is awesome because it it kind of brings all of these uh, ideas to the table for what could your kids be doing instead of being on a screen? Right. There's yeah. so many awesome ideas there. When I think oftentimes yeah. parents do need, they struggle because they believe that, and it's so easy to see that like screen time is independent time. And then the kid yeah. after that is with them all the time or with another caregiver in school. And it's kind of, it ultimately, unfortunately undermines their independent play, their independent work. Right. And so yeah. your parents are saying, oh, how can they be doing fostering independent play? It's a little bit of an investment again. How can they be finding work that they enjoy, that they get into flow the same way they do with Daniel the Tiger? Right. You know? Right. Well, I kind of see it like happen in River, right? Like I see her watching Daniel Tiger or or Super Y. Those are great educational shows. I'm actually lucky that she loves those shows. But I kind of almost, I wait until I see a switch in her behavior where it's becoming like very loopy and weird and and not weird, but like, um, mom, 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 like, look at this, mom, look at this. And I'm like, okay, it's time. It's time. I need to step in. (laughs) I need to turn off the TV. Like you're getting a little funky. Um, and what I was saying to Sarah recently is like sometimes when I turn off the TV and I put out all of her all of the things that she likes she really likes to color and paint so I'll put out all of her things and I'm given 20 minutes because she's like oh well this is fun I just mm-hmm. had the TV on the TV's off now like this is fun I'm now using I'm using a different part of my brain now I'm having I'm having I'm having a different kind of fun time and or using and my brain at all switch you know you're you're juggling all day but you're you're switching and you're providing and you're and you're pulling up different things kids don't sometimes don't realize how much stuff they have until they're left alone to their own devices and right. without it I mean minus a, a media device like they are you can really, they can really entertain themselves so greatly with the stuff that you have in your home, um, whether it be a Tupperware in your in your cabinet or or an actual toy, right? Like it, there is there is plenty to entertain themselves with if only we give them that chance. And and sometimes maybe it it means turning off the TV once they start getting a little bit kooky. I I think that um oh go ahead oh just back to trust again. That's great. Yeah. Right. Right. I I think um, I I had this grand idea because I honestly, before uh, before Owen was born, I didn't watch TV. I don't really watch that much TV now, but there was this part of me that was like, I'm not going to have a TV. Um, We don't need to watch it. And it's not going to, we're going to be kind of screen free because it's just, I feel okay about that. And then uh, cut to I'm a single mom. I need to take a shower. I need to, like this quick fix, right? This quick fix situation where I'm like, I'm just gonna give him the TV now because I need him to sit down so I can take five minutes in the shower. So it's it's almost also that quick fix mentality of like this is the easiest thing to do is to just turn the TV on and walk away. And yeah. sometimes it's actually not the easiest thing to do because he's he's oh you know he comes in and he it's yeah. you know I they might need I don't a bit more. Right. They they need they need to there needs to be more to it. It's not I don't know. I, I guess I don't know what the tangent was I was going on right now, but uh it's not, you know, screen time isn't the answer uh when it comes to the easiest or or it is. Yeah, it be, or it is or it is. You know, I, it can be the immediate answer but not the ultimate solution. Right, right, right. right. I guess that's exactly what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I and of course I, you know, 
didn't feel guilty about it and then I would feel guilty about it because you know it's that all that mom guilt and you know, know what helps me with not feeling guilty though is just choosing things that I feel less guilty about right yeah like researching the shows that are a little bit slower moving making sure everything the expansion of their kind of like um you know show and movie vocabulary being slow and I mean yeah. I want them watching Raiders of the Lost Ark right now too yes. I do I want to sit and enjoy that with them so yes. much and big and so many other amazing movies. Yes! And they're just not ready and that's okay. And honestly, the slower that we progress in terms right. of maturity, the speed, the language, the energy of a show, the better. Right. Because they're just we craving that stimulation. Yeah. The more mm. we do it, right? So we use a lot of audiobooks too. That, yeah. that has been our saving grace. When okay. kids want to chill out, like when our girls were about three. And I don't know if we'd even done screens at that point yet, maybe a little, a little bit. bit, but and yeah. we would get a lot of folks we work with to get a lot of meltdowns when, when they're trying to hold that limit about, okay, we've watched the hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We agreed on it. Remember we had the paint stuff set out. We're going to go do that now. And they just, they don't want to, I don't want to no. stop on Netflix in the evening before bed either. I get that. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> um, the audio awesome for that. We could be like, oh Yes. I feel like that's about as much as TV that we can watch today. It was a lot. How's your body feeling? What? Well, how about listening to a story? It's right. still a passive kind of activity for you, but it might not kind of wig your brain out before dinner like it happens sometimes. Right. right? Genius. And I will say, like, I love that question of, of it's it's such a simple question, but to be able to ask your kids, like, how are you feeling? It's it's just been so nice. It, like that advice and that information and um somebody telling me to go and do that with my kid has been beautiful I will just say it's beautiful mm-hmm. and in her response a lot of the time it's it's good and, and she's like in the middle of a breakdown and I'm like okay I, I'm hearing you I'm hearing you you're having big emotions right now I have big emotions too let's talk about it how are you feeling right now she goes good and I'm like, oh, well, I don't, like you okay. don't have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be good. You're obviously. I don't know where this came from. She says she's good all the time. I'm like, how'd you sleep? Good. And she's like awake for like 16 hours. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my God. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to say that. <laughs> yeah. You can ask questions without needing a specific yeah. answer. Yeah. You can ask the question as a tool, as a parent, yeah. not to get an answer that you want to hear but to be generating and building awareness in your kid. Yeah. How's right. your body feeling after the TV? I'm like, I don't really care. I'm just asking the question to generate awareness mm-hmm. that there could be a feeling in their body. Right. Yeah. How are you right. right now while you're screaming, I know how they're feeling pretty shitty, mm-hmm. Right. but I'm asking so that it's cueing them to wonder themselves and to be right. thinking and feeling about how that. How am I feeling? Check in with yourself. Yeah. We, we become that voice. Right, we start as that voice to help them check in with themselves when we check in with yeah. them. Um, okay, well, real quick, I know you guys have to go. Thank you, yeah, thank you so much. It's like thank a you. thank you. We could talk to you, ladies, all evening. Our talk could become a lifetime original special. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, okay, so it's no longer upbringing and hitting the bottle. It's called hitting the bottle, lifetime original style. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lifetime original upbringing the bottle. I don't know. (laughs) We're going to work on that. We're going to work on that. Yeah, yeah. That's my gosh. I would love that. You know, these these kinds of conversations are so, you know, needed and um, appreciated. And 
Thank you both so much for just yes, taking time you, out, of, out, of, out of your days to spend time with us because I think speaking for myself and, and a lot of our listeners, we're, we're benefiting from it. I'm benefiting from it right now. And I have been. I felt yeah. like I was in a, a, a pseudo therapy session. I was just going to say, it felt like therapy of the best kind. I mean, it felt great. I'm having fun. You know, I have a lot of tequila in front of me, but I'm having fun. I drank half of the pomegranate infused tequila, so hopefully my parents didn't want it. I mean, we drink with all of our coaching clients. So, I mean, it's just like part of our our coaching regimen and our membership community is like, it's just going to be like happy hour membership community, basically. Um, But no, we're grateful to it. It used to be the, the, the more we can talk about these things, the more we can say, gosh, this stuff is hard. Mm -hmm. Gosh, this stuff is totally normal and common. And the only way we're going to move forward and grow up alongside our kids is if we just hash this shit out. No shame. There's no blame. It's just a matter of exploring and building awareness in ourselves Mm -hmm. that we can show up in a different way for our kids. And that's the daily practice. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just just kind of like individual slash collective um, conversation. Yeah. 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 And you know, it's, I just feel really good about it. I think that, you know, like we, we bring a little bit of a a weirdness to this whole or rawness to this whole parenting, but we do still need some kind of guidance and direction and in, in direction, breaking away from our systemic childhood um, awareness. So I think that we're so grateful and they're going to go off and have a really good night and alive. So go, hopefully you checked it out already. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully you yeah, come meet us over on Instagram, upbringing.co. Yes. And that's our website too. So you can find anyone who's listening can, can find out more about Kelty and me on there and what, what we stand for our, our shop, which has a lot of guides yes. and prints. Um, we've also, we made a guide for, for the hitting the bottle folks. Yes. Um, that I think is about independent play because you'd let us know that you had a bunch of questions on that. And we only got to a couple tonight, but I'm sure we'll, we'll dive in again with you all soon. But that idea of saying, how can we support our kids mm-hmm. in, in uh, figuring out what they're interested in and doing it for long enough for us to shower, talk, it's kind of a win-win situation. Yes. Like, so we don't feel guilty because they're building skills instead of kind of just like building, you know, cultural pop culture awareness about right you know, well, which just you know fine but to a tiny extent yeah there are alternatives so that's right, the right. idea um but, but the mini guide is going to be i think we're making it free for your community yeah. with Thank the code you guys so much bottle yeah and you guys really seriously go check them out um yeah. alicia and i can't say enough about how grateful and honored we are and how amazing this conversation was. Uh, even the, yeah. the parts that you can't hear that you'll never get to hear. They were great too. Were but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we're going to, yeah. um, we're going to have all of the information in our show notes and um, we're really excited about where this journey is going to take us. And thank you again to Hannah and Kelty and we will talk to you guys. And you know what? For fuck's sake, shake your beverages. Not your babies. Bye. What an episode. A huge thanks to Hannah and Kelty of Upbringing again. So great to have them on. Can't wait to do that again in the future. And I hope you guys benefited as much as we did from that conversation. 
they told you a bit about themselves, but we're just going to reiterate it and give you some of their information so you can find them. Um, Hannah and Kelsey are twins, coaches, and speakers at the Parenting Resource Upbringing. They're certified in simplicity parenting, positive discipline, and trained in foundations of the Respectful Parenting Approach, RIE. Hannah and Kelty empower parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change, elevating their discipline practices one conversation at a time. Yeah, so Hannah and Kelty actually live together with their partners and their kids on a farm outside of Portland, Oregon. You can learn more about their discipline-related guides on their website, and you can catch them weekly um, when they go live on their Instagram for a Q&A about dismantling discipline. You should also check out their podcast of the same name, Upbringing, which is a top 50 parenting podcast. And they are really amazing at these mini guides uh, that you can download. But for our listeners, they did a special one. Uh, This one is about supporting healthy screen time, which is a conversation we had um, and we think is very important, especially during a pandemic and, and the holidays and what's going on. So they give mental mantras for yourself so that you can feel less guilty uh, about the decisions you're making and you can feel more empowered to make the decisions you are. Um, And there's phrases to help you communicate with your children about maybe limiting that time or, you know, just getting them thinking about it too. Again, sort of more of the conversation that we had during the episode, but a very amazing uh, guide and resource for our listeners. And you guys get it for free, which is amazing. So you just need to go download with the code Bottle, B O T T L E. The link is live in our show notes. Uh, again, go check it out, click it, get the mini guide. It's super, super helpful. And we'll, we'll link it in our Instagram as well, social media, so you guys can um, take advantage of the offer. And in the meantime, you can also visit Upbringing on their website, www.upbringing.co. You can find them on Instagram at upbringing.co and listen to their podcast, Upbringing. Thank you again, ladies. We are so honored. It was amazing. And we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Time to hit the bottle there. <laughs>